Welcome to Pursuing Biblical Masculinity, a podcast where we explore God's Word to uncover the disciplines we need to live out our faith. Our heart is to help men not just know Scripture, but to be able to put it into practice so that they can stand firm in the faith. So whether you're a longtime believer looking to grow deeper in your relationship with God, or you're new to the faith and you're looking to build a foundation on biblical truths, you're in the right place. As we continue our study through the Beatitudes, we now are in this section where Jesus is comparing and contrasting the differences between the law, the actions that are required, but really the heart behind the law. So why God is calling us to these specific actions of obedience. We still are called to be obedient to the moral law because it tells us how to live rightly before God. And today we find ourselves in chapter 5, verses 27 through 30. And we're going to be talking about lustful intents. We have a culture that is obsessed with sex. And that's really nothing new. There's always been this cultural obsession uh, with sex. We can take this all the way back in history and we can see this over and over and over again. Sexual sin is pervasive in culture. It's also very pervasive in, in scripture. When you read scripture, you see a number of instances of sexual sin. We've got Abraham, Judah, David, Solomon, Gomer. The list goes on and on and on. And like all sin, we're trying to replace something good that God has given us with a cheap substitute. Our desire to have a physical connection is a God-given biological desire, but it's been warped because of sin. And because of sin, our hearts have been twisted and we look at it from an impure perspective. And a lot of times we allow these things to fester inside of our hearts, inside of our minds, they lead into sinful actions as well. Sin is serious and it has to be dealt with seriously. So let's read this section in the book of Matthew. Chapter 5, starting in verse 27, Jesus says, You've heard it said that you should not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one member than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than your whole body go into hell. I mean, this is pretty serious, right? As, as he's looking at the depth of lustful intent. And notice how this is really right now being directed towards men. Men are being called to set that example of purity and how they look at women. Again, women are also made in the image of God. They portray the image of God and how we idolize them at times through our lustful intentions uh, is twisting something good that God has given us and, and put in an evil way. And when we look at someone who is not our wives, it's somebody else's wife or is not even yet married, we are committing adultery in our hearts. That's the depth of lust. That's the seriousness of lust. We see Jesus comparing what people have heard in Old Testament commitment, which comes out of Exodus 20:14, It's also found in Deuteronomy 5:18, And it says, you shall not commit adultery. But there's more to this than, than, than the scribes and the Pharisees were really displaying at the time. They were looking at outward morality instead of inward heart morality, the things that are going on in our hearts. You see, the intent matters as well. Sin begins in our heart and then it leads to action. And lust is a sin that's not just pervasive in our culture. 
but it's actually celebrated today. If we look around at our culture, this is a type of sin that is celebrated. I mean, we can really see Romans 1 come into full fruition today where not only do people sin, but they celebrate their sin. They've completely turned their hearts from God. I mean, pornographic images are everywhere. And as men, we've got these biological urges and then we've got sinful desires and they're constantly at war with God's call for us to be pure. And there's a lot of books out there that have all of these different ideas on how to approach this. And some of them are very good and some of them are not very good. Um, but it all has to start with us understanding the seriousness of the battle. It's not just a biological temptation. It's also a sinful temptation. And God has called us to purity and we have to take it seriously. If we look at Jesus' next words, he says, If your eyes cause you to sin, to tear them out and throw them away. Or if your hand causes you to sin, to cut it off and throw it away. Because it's better that you lose a member than your whole body go to hell. Now, Jesus isn't talking about self-mutilization. He's not talking about us literally gouging out our eyes. But what he's saying is that sin against God should be avoided at all costs. And we are called not just to avoid the physical act of sin, in this case, adultery, but the lust that begins in our eyes. Like I said before, this isn't a new battle. We had many fathers in the faith that struggled here. Uh, we had Judah struggle here with Tamar. We had King David and Bathsheba. We had Solomon and his many wives. We see this over and over again. And in order to win this battle, we have to fight the right way. Oftentimes, we, we think we're strong enough to go in and just do it ourselves, but we have to learn from Christ on how to fight battles and understand that we are extremely weak in this area. In Matthew chapter 4, Jesus lays out how do we deal with different types of temptations. You know, he comes and is baptized, he's anointed as the Son of God, and immediately he goes into the desert where he is tempted by the devil three times. And each time the devil tempts him, he twists God's word. He takes parts of scripture, but he, he twists it. And Jesus, every time, fights back by correcting it with God's actual words. We have to know God's word. It's, it's the same thing that happened with Adam and Eve, right? Did God really say? And, and Eve, when she quotes back to the devil the commandment that God had given Adam, she didn't get it quite right. She, she, she also fell into that twisted temptation, and that's why our first father and mother fell. But Christ, the new Adam, comes in, and he does it perfectly because he has God's word stored in his heart because he is the word made flesh. And we are called to be like Christ in that sense where we have to know God's word. We have to know scripture so that when we are tempted, when we are in the fight, we don't have to think about it, that we know it, that it's been imprinted on our hearts. And as men, we often like to seek out confrontation. We like to fight back. We like to think we're strong enough. Or maybe we don't think we're strong enough, but we feel like we should be. Right? Well, I'm supposed to be strong enough to win this battle. I've got news for you. You can't. You cannot win the battle of sin on your own. Sin will get you every single time because sin is still pervasive. While we have new life in Christ, we are also experiencing the not yet. We have not been fully sanctified. We've been sanctified, we're being sanctified, and we will be sanctified fully in the other side of eternity. But right now, we have to understand that we have to lean on the Holy Spirit. We have to lean uh, on Christ in order to battle through these temptations. And not all temptations are handled the same way. The Bible is very specific in how we're supposed to handle the temptation of lust. The church in Corinth was having a big issue with this. And Paul was, was writing to them and telling them, 
here's how you need to handle these types of temptations. And he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. For other sin a person commits is outside the body, but the sexual immoral person sins against his own body. He goes on to say that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not your own. You're called to glorify God with your body, and that begins in your mind and in your heart. But notice how he starts that. He doesn't say battle against sexual morality. He doesn't say tough it out. He says flee from it. Go, run, get away from it as fast as you can. Flee. Do it quickly. Because this is an area that we fall in over and over again. When we are tempted, we are called to flee. Because we are weak, we have to remove ourselves from the situation and not try to fight it. Now, in a future series, we're going to cover the topic of lust and purity uh, much more in depth. But today, I want to give you some practical advice on how to battle lust. The first thing I want you to do is memorize 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 and 19. And understand, one, you're called to flee, and two, the importance of keeping your body pure and glorifying God with your body. The second thing I want you to do is when you are tempted to flee. This means like physically get up and remove yourself from the situation. Maybe there's somebody that's tempting you. You need to move yourself so you don't see that person. Maybe there's a situation with the television. Turn the television off and go some, do something different. Remove these things from your life. Don't toe the line. Take this seriously. And then go and pray. Take a walk. Do something physical. Get your mind off of that situation. And the last thing, this is very important too, is find a brother you can trust and reach out to when tempted. You don't have to tell them everything in your life if you're not comfortable with that, but just say, hey man, I'm tempted right now. Because what that does, it exposes sin. And when you expose it to light, when you expose temptation to light, the reason why that works is because it, it begins to expose that temptation to the light of Christ. And when you do that, it's much easier to battle because you're not battling alone. We're not supposed to do this alone. We're supposed to do this together. We're supposed to do this in community. We're supposed to watch out for each other and support each other when we're having these times, which will come maybe multiple times a day. Now, these steps are very simple, but it's all about consistency. And consistency is what will help bring victory. And God will ultimately receive the glory. If this is an area in your life where you want to grow in, uh, maybe you're battling hard in this and you need some help, that's exactly what Christian mentoring and coaching is all about. We can walk alongside you in this battle to give you the accountability you need and help you with these simple, specific tips so that you can live a more pure life and glorify God in all that you do. If you're interested in learning more, you can check us out at reformedandredeemed.org.